The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. How about that? You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. It's time. For another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's episode 51, the Ichiro edition. Today we have another great guest as we've been bringing you top-notch guests all month long. In 2021, you will not find a show that will bring you more guests that have deeper knowledge and a better understanding from the widest perspective possible of fantasy baseball. Carlos Marcano from Pitcher List, Prospects 365, and Six Man Rotation is here to talk about fantasy baseball from his perspective. He'll give you his insights and he'll break down his cue, which predicts a possible MVP season for Matt Olson in 2021. Your host, Michael Govier, will go deep with Carlos and we'll get to the bottom of his very core. Take it away, boys! That's right, it's time for another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's the 51st episode, uh, Bernie Williams edition. Wasn't Bernie Williams number 51, I think? Uh, off the top of my head, I could be wrong. What the hell? Doesn't matter, though. This show is about connecting with people and learning about fantasy so we can all become better players, win our leagues, take all the money, and then shove it in everyone's face. I am Michael Gobier at MJ Gobier on Twitter. If you have never listened to the show before, today we have a guest, another solid, outstanding guest, a newcomer to the show. His name is Carlos Marcano, and he writes at Pitcher List among other things. Welcome, Carlos, to the show. Thanks, Mike. Um, um, once again, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I'm a newcomer, but I but I might be the oldest newcomer around, you know? Well, but, I think, yeah, we're about the same age, actually. Uh, I'm 40, so. Um, well, 42, yeah. Yeah. So we're from the same generation. You, But yeah. you, yeah, you're never too late to get into this, you know? I oh. think it's really cool that you, because you've only, what, Two years or so, or a year, you've been doing this. Even right, writing, putting stuff out there from July, last yeah. July. <laughs> <laughs> so, that mean, is new. Yeah, yeah, fairly new. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. And I don't joke or 
I don't say things that are disingenuous. I might ingest as a joke, but I really mean that we all need to lift each other up and expose new people and get the work out there because there's so many people doing great stuff like yourself. So I thought it'd be cool to have you on and you offer a unique voice that will, who knows where the show will go. We could go in many different directions, but I, I'm excited to do the show with you, Carlos. So we really no Chris tonight, by the way, if you're listening, Chris could not make it. Uh, it's Monday. No Mondays for Chris. We're learning that, but still me and Carlos are going to give you the best show that we can. And don't forget to email the show Palazzo podcast, two L's, two Z's at protonmail.com. We will read emails and tweets at the end of the show for Carlos. And if you have any questions beyond that, or what you hear on the show today, please send us an email or DM us directly on Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs on Twitter. We're going to talk about some hot stove news, of course. We'll get into that. And then we're going to do the silly part of the show with Enrico's Inquisition, where we'll ask Carlos a bunch of stupid-ass scenarios. That's what we do here. And then we're going to dive into some ADP scenarios, um, some that I've seen myself in recent drafts, and some breaking points. I won't do that. It's a new segment we're calling it, where we'll decide... Is a player worth drafting at all? Or is there a breaking point where you would not draft that player at a certain point in the draft? And then we'll get Carlos's uh, thoughts on his fantasy foundation. Do some shine to ride the pine, and we'll get the hell out of here. That will be the show. What do you say, Carlos? Does that sound like something we could do today? Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, cool. Uh, so first off, you know, before we get into all that stuff, you know, tell people about yourself. Uh, what are you working on recently? Um, where people can find you, you know, connect with the audience here so they can, if they don't know who you are, this is your chance to sell yourself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically uh, a Twitter guy. You know, you, you can find me at, at CA Marcano. Uh, and uh, I've been writing a little bit for Picture List. Um, and, uh, and I also... From time to time, write stuff for Six Man Rotation and Prospects 365. And um, I mean, I, I try to write about everything that goes through my mind, which is a lot of stuff. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like to go, you know, some of the newer stuff like uh, um, dynamic hard heating and things like that. You know, I, I, I've been lucky enough to to get to know a lot of things that that the these amazing baseball minds do like Alex Chamberlain, Connor Kirk and and, and, and those and, and I love to to try to go deeper in, in that kind of stuff. Those are some of the greats. They've come up with outstanding pieces of information and data tools for us to use. We had Alex on last week and I still haven't finished listening to it myself because there's a lot to learn. It was a longer show than I wanted to do, but he has so much in his brain to get out. Oh, definitely. definitely. And yeah, he's a great resource to have. Yeah. Um, and you, you also live in Costa Rica. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm Venezuelan, but I've been out of Venezuela for almost four years now. So I was in Panama now since last year in, in Costa Rica, which is a really, really amazing place. I recommend it to anyone wanting to to leave or or even be just visit really. yeah my my girlfriend told me not to blow this with you because she really 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 wants to go to costa rica i'm oh. not kidding it's like one of her i wrote it down a year ago she's like where i'm like where would you go if you could go anywhere in the world leanne and she said i want to go to costa rica so wow. she wants me to make sure that we uh, maintain this line of communication so when we go down there <laughs> we have someone we know <laughs> when, whenever whenever you guys want she's a smart girl so <laughs> oh. I mean, she chose me, and she's not that smart. But, um, you know, 
but yeah, Costa Rica sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, I've had friends who've gone there, had a great time. And I've actually never been south. The, the farthest south I've been so far is uh, Isla Mujeres outside of Cancun. It's a little island outside of mm, about okay. a half hour ferry ride from Cancun. But uh, I would love when COVID ends, there's so many trips lined up. I'm hoping, I bet a lot of people will be doing this too. You know, yeah. Because yeah. everyone's been stuck indoors and, or at least on like their land, you can't go anywhere. COVID has destroyed our ability to connect and expand and see yeah. places. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, welcome to hell. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we're glad to have you aboard. Uh, Pitcherless is cool. Do you like working for Pitcherless? You can be honest. Oh, yeah, I love those, those guys. I mean, <laughs> what Nick and Alex have been doing there, it's just amazing. It, it's been a blast. Come on, uh, tell me something negative. Come on, okay. you got a secret about him? Like something terrible. I bet th these guys are too nice. There's got to be some evil secret going on over there. <laughs> I, I, I thought that, but until now I haven't found any skeleton in the closet yet. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. maybe after we finish the, post, the podcast, we can talk about it. But no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, yeah, they're, no those guys are good dudes. Yeah. To be and, everyone over there. I mean, so far, it's been a really cool experience. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you also did work at Prospects 365. Uh, I looked at yeah. some of your other work too. So, that, yeah. so you have experience writing and talking about prospects as well. Well, actually, uh, I didn't do too much prospect stuff with uh, Ray, which is another pretty awesome guy, Ray Butler. Ray Butler, yeah. yeah. Dude, heard amazing yeah. things about him. Never met him in person, but he's oh. uh, from Mississippi, I believe. Yeah. So. He's, he's, I mean, as, as good as they get, he, he, he's, he's a grinder in, 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 on, his, on his area, and he, he does a great job. And, uh, but I didn't do actually prospect stuff. What's more, you know, anal analytical and, and um, things like that. He, it just uh, they have a, a lot of people doing more expert stuff from that side. Uh, prospects are not like my my you know the thing that get that, that I can do better I know there oh well you're gonna have um, Michael right uh, Richards. yeah Michael Richards yeah ah well he's way way better <laughs> than, than me on that area to be honest yeah these prospect machines these prospect lords who know everything about prospects we should just leave it to them I mean I play dynasty do you play in dynasty leagues or no just I don't like I don't know in the past five years like two dynasty leagues and I I I mean, I, I, I'm a roto redraft guy, to be honest. Good. Uh, well, you got to uh, be who you are, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, there's so much information for prospects that if you want to keep up to date with all that, it, it just takes too much time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have to, I have to, you know, pick, choose my battles. You know. <laughs> no, I, hey, I understand completely. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta do you. So. Thank you for coming on the show. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We got a lot in the hopper. Don't forget at C.A. Uh, Marcano, right, on Twitter? C.A. Marcano? That's right. All right, C.A. Marcano on Twitter. Follow the guy. Do it. Don't make a mistake and not do it, okay? All right. With that said, let's get into some leading off. <laughs> One of the first things I wanted to talk about in leading off today is the union rejecting the DH deal, which would have involved expanded playoffs, which would have meant more money for players. But for some reason, the union's not budging right now. At least that's the word on the street from the rumor mongers. 
And this affects us fantasy-wise because it also is tied into another story about how there might be a delay in spring training, at least in Arizona. Um, Ken Rosenthal wrote an article today about Arizona and Florida being two hotbeds for COVID, despite a lot of the regions of the country going down in COVID numbers. And specifically in Arizona, there was a letter written today saying that Arizona should not hold spring training because it's too dangerous. Um, Carlos, what are your thoughts on this? Any of these topics related to when the season will start on time or not? Well, first than anything, than anything, I just want the D on the universal DH. I, I am uh, I don't like to watch pitchers batting. I know that that there are more traditionalist guys that love to see that. I, I I mean we just we already saw Bartolo Colon hitting a home run and that's not gonna ever happen. <laughs> and and that that I think that was enough fun for from that aspect. But uh <laughs> I think that, they gave us so much laughter, though. I mean, come on, years <laughs> of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, but but he's an unicorn. That 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 that's the thing. <laughs> but uh, I I really hope we have universal DH. I, I think they are kind of playing their games on you know trying to pull the front of, to their side the the commissioner and the and the association trying to get the most out of the situation and. Um, I, w- I just hope that they can, you know, get a, a, an agreement on the universal DH. Uh, will this delay the season? I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm not quite, uh, I'm not buying it, <laughs> to be honest. Not buying it. No, nah, no. Nah, I, I think that it's just a matter of, you know, trying to, to cause or, or, or trying to make some noise and, and, and to get what each part wants. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying Clickbait, right? Clickbait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So but as long as they, uh, they get the universal DH, I'm, I'm going to be happy to be honest. Uh, and fantasy wise, I hope they do it as soon as possible because it affects everything, you know, projections and things. Well, Maybe not that much, but there, there is there are gonna be people that's gonna be affected. Some some guys that are suddenly they're gonna not gonna have a job because there's oh. no DH and things like that, you know. So absolutely, that that's why I usually like to. I, I'm a late drafter. I tend to draft by the end of February and March because sometimes there's just so much stuff going on before that, and you you can get caught in the middle of it. bravo you are a wise man because for the first time ever i've drafted as early as i've ever drafted i did the battle of the podcast league season Uh, two with draft champions zach waxman and that was not ideal for me it didn't go as i planned because i wasn't ready i know players and i understand what to expect from them i'm confident in that but i didn't know how things would lay out round to round and these guys are, you know, hardcore. They're some of the best around too. And they threw ADP out the window immediately in the first round. So some of these guys that didn't get drafted to later signed deals as we were drafting or finishing up like Brad hand. And uh, oh, yeah. that, that is a problem. And yeah. that's why the risk of early drafting, it yeah. could be a reward if you draft the guys that benefits, but the guys that get screwed, you know, if I drafted Daniel Hudson in the three hundreds, 
expecting him to be a closer for the Nats. And he still could be a closer, but now with Brad Hand signing, I wouldn't have taken him where I took him. And that's what I don't, I mean, why not wait? Why try to be like so cool and so advantageous that, Hey, I know more than everybody. I'm going to draft early. Cause I know where all the angles are and I'm going to win. Nobody knows where every angle is. You're also taking a risk. Yeah. You're adding a, another layer of complexity when you do it earlier than, than, than you should. I, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not, I'm not ready for, to, to draft. I'm just still doing a lot of, of a lot of research and things like that. So yes, I mean, maybe for fun, some something for fun. Okay, that, that's why mocking it, it's it's you know worth it. Yeah, mocking is worth it to some. Although we've talked to other guests on this show who say mocking is a waste of time. So everybody has their opinion on that. We'll talk more about that later in the show, Carlos. We're listening. You're listening, not we're listening. Well, we are listening too, aren't we? It's the yeah. Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. We're talking with Carlos Marcano, a pitcher list, and we are breaking down some of the hot stove news. Uh, Adam Adovino was traded in division by rivals from the Yanks to the Sox. Yeah. It's been like six years from the last uh, trade between those guys right really has it been that long wow yeah i mean you don't see trades among divisions let alone rivals like this very often and people are already starting to pencil in out of vino now who may have gone undrafted in certain leagues for those of you that are drafting early and now everyone's not everyone but a fair amount of people are saying this guy's the closer now matt barnes ryan ryan brazier you guys are out what do you think of this situation now I can see Otabino closing in Boston. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's as solid as they as they can be. And uh, uh, I mean, Matt Burns, he has the, all the skills and stuff. But I think Otabino is proven beyond beyond what Barnes can do. And um, but mm. I, I'm not quite sure what the the what was Boston doing because now they unload a lot of money from from the Yankees payroll so they can move uh, some other stuff now so I, i'm not quite sure what what was the mo- motivation here to be completely honest uh, i i think if they've kept with matt burns closing they, they could have lived with it uh, and um but it's it's an upgrade but not that huge upgrade <laughs> Well, Adam Adovino is going 742 ADP since January 1. 742 on average, while Matt Barnes has been going much higher than that. So if you believe that Adovino can take this job, you're going to get a tremendous value. I mean, his ADP will go up from 700 plus, but still, it's going to be a lot cheaper than drafting Matt Barnes. Oh, yeah. yeah, Or at least the same. In that case, you should take him. So. Yeah, uh, Adovino's been a great player. Uh, Matt Barnes, by the way, 230 ADP as of January 1. I'm not going to keep repeating myself on this. By the way, when I mentioned ADP on the show, all ADP is since January 1 on NFBC. Thank you. So Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, Adam Adovino, ballot out. There's probably more guys in that pen who might come out. Of, because you never know with pens. It's the mystery of bullpen life, right, Carlos? Just. Yeah. It's a goofy world. You never know who's going to rise up and take the saves. It, it, it's mix and match, whatever, whatever comes. And, and usually during the, the year, one of the places where you can win a league is just going through relief pitchers that, that make or break your team. Sometimes that, that helps a lot. Um, oh. I, 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 don't, I don't chase saves in, in a draft. 
Who does? Because everybody's saying that they don't anymore. I'm wondering who does chase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unless it's maybe you know the right moment, and I don't know, Chapman just fall on your lap on a, on a good sitting, you know, round where where he shouldn't be. Okay, yeah, that 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 can be, but it's always uh, all for grabs when you go to the waiver wire. So, I mean, that's true. In 2018 and 2019, Adovino appeared in 70-plus games, very reliable, and had an ERA of 243 or lower in both seasons. But last year, the fluky, goofy season, he had a 589 ERA, but a 3.52 FIP. So it might I wouldn't put a lot of stock in what happened last year with him. I would go by the reliance on what we've seen from him as a, you know, a, an elite reliever who gives you double-digit K9 and gives you a lot of innings and appearances. And the more relievers that are winning games now than ever, I saw a stat on uh, Twitter just yesterday about, I think the ratio of wins for starters versus relievers has gone down to almost dead even now. It used to be like 60-40, and now it's like 55-45 and shrinking. We're getting closer to relievers getting more wins than than starters, which is crazy. Right. That's so, the that's the era we're a part of now. It is crazy. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, also on the Sox, Garrett Richards and Kiki Hernandez signed deals with the Sox over the weekend. Garrett Richards, we know he's got that awesome sinker. It throws. He used to throw it so hard, and it was unhittable. But then he got hurt, 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 and hurt, and he's always an injury risk. So, you know, it's a worth a shot for the Sox because their rotation is just, uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's laugh out loud funny bad. I'm sorry, it is. You know, there's nobody in that besides Nathan Evaldi. There's not a lot to go on on that rotation. Maybe Evaldi is going to be good. That, that's oh a, yeah, that's you like Evaldi? Yeah, that's a word of advice I'm giving early today. Yeah. Nice. So Evaldi, uh, I, I mean, the thing is that if if he can stay healthy, that's the the the, the same with Richards, right? Uh, those are amazing guys. Okay great skills but you know there's always an injury that derailed whatever but what Iobaldi's showing I I think it's going to be really good really really good oh yeah I'm with you there all the way Ivaldi is getting hot run already so let's start getting him that ADP jacked up so he won't be worth anything anymore (laughs) woohoo but uh, Kiki Hernandez is a super utility guy and can play everywhere and he has stretches you know in best ball leagues I feel like Kiki is a real benefit because he can have these hot runs where he can win you and get you a lot of points in a short stretch of time, just not yeah. over the entire season. I think he's really useful in head-to-head leagues. He, oh, he's very streaky, and those kind of players are always useful. But in H2H, um, but I mean, I, I don't like too much H2H, but. Uh, that, that that could work. Uh, you don't play head to head. I I'm a roto guy, you know. Uh, you did say you're a roto guy, but did you ever try head to head? And you were like, "This yeah, isn't for yeah, me." Or? I, and I do a couple of leagues, uh, and uh, I mean, if if I have to prefer something, I I would roto would go roto all the time, and I especially like auction, which and not every it, it's not like. Very popular these days, but uh, but I like auction. Yeah, why is it not popular? Do you know why that is? Because I've played football auction a lot, a lot of experience with fantasy football auction, and I really enjoyed it. And I asked myself, how come I've never done a fantasy baseball auction? What's wrong with me? 
So eh, maybe we'll have to start a league. Maybe we should. Because I think auction, it's a way to get, you know, there are a lot of market inefficiencies that during an auction uh, draft, you can exploit better than during a uh, typical snake draft. And uh, because snake draft, okay, I mean, you need, of course, a lot of uh, skill to win it, but there's some small uh, part of it that it's, uh, if you get a lucky position when, when you start drafting, that that helps that in, uh, a little bit. In auction, it's all about you. You have the, the, the complete control of, of it. Uh, and uh, you, of course, there will be a lot of... Uh, random stuff during the league but at least for the draft it, it's all new it's it, not wh where do you pick from right i agree i i think i'll make it my mission this year to get into an auction league and maybe we'll start one up i think that could be a beneficial situation for both of us since we don't have a lot of experience doing them but there's probably some sharks that'll jump in and just take everything from us. It's gonna happen. I mean, that, that, that that's a way of learning, you know. <laughs> not not the nicest, but you know. No, that's okay. Hey, we can hang with anybody, can't we, Carlos? Yeah, of course. I knew it. I knew it. All right, uh, Garrett Richards is the one I'm most interested in between the Kiki and Garrett Richards signing. Is a lot to be fearful of. Garrett Richards gets hurt, like I said, but. If he's healthy, he's he's not done. I mean, I don't think he's done yet. And he's only 32. He'll be 33 in May. But he has he has a lot of miles, I think, left. Because he hasn't pitched a ton of innings in his career. Because he hasn't had triple-digit innings pitched since 2015. 207 innings he pitched in 2015. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, if he's healthy, he's going to do well. To be honest, uh, but he he got he's got the skill that sinker um, it was un, unhittable, but it, not so much now. But there's a still uh, things under the hood that he can he can use. But I, I I was thinking about it and I said, well, that's a big gamble. Shouldn't they've gotten clover if they're gonna gamble on some you know injury prone guy? Uh, Same price. You know, uh, wouldn't you go with the Cy Young? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kluber was basically the same price. It was a one-year $11 million, and Garrett Richards was yeah. one-year $10 million, So, yeah, but I, think you're right. I guess he just, the Yankees just uh, offered more of a, a winning opportunity than the oh, Red Sox sure. did. Maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, probably he decided that he wanted to be with a more, you know, competitive team. But... I, I hope the best for uh, for Garrett, Garrett Richards because the guy is good. I just let's hope he has a healthy season. Yeah, I agree. There are some other signings here and there. Uh, nothing major. I don't want to dive into. Ryan Zimmerman is brought back by the Nats again, which is freaking out Josh Bell owners who've already drafted or in Dynasty. But don't sweat it. Ryan Zimmerman is cashed in. He's very old. I don't think he's a real threat. If anything, he's like a pinch hit veteran guy. If he even makes the roster. And Jason Castro to the Astros, I still think Martin Mondonado is the main player there. He's the one who will get most of the at-bats because Castro is going to be more of like a backup reserve, maybe playing 35% of the time. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Castro has good potential in terms of hard hitting and things like that. If he gets hot on some time of the season, he could replace Mondonado. I mean, he. I was checking some numbers on him, and he's like – 
one of the top catchers on, on hard hitting and he has a low um, standard deviation launch on, on, in his launch angle. So he has some underlying numbers that that, that, that are, are, are uh, you're not expecting that from him, to be honest, but he's better than that you might think at, at first. Oh, I agree completely. The stat cast numbers for Castro are hot. They're yeah. sexy, yeah. but injuries again are another issue. And I invested heavily in Castro last year at a relatively cheap price because it wasn't a high price. Didn't quite deliver. I know it was a 2020 Bozo season. I get that. Yeah. But I think Maldonado, even though he's known as a defensive catcher, he can produce. And in that lineup, which will give him opportunities to do so, I can see your point. I do. I yeah. just feel like this is a splitting hairs on a, a catcher situation that nobody yeah. probably really cares about <laughs> in the end. But, you know, it's these little moments here, these little players where you buy cheaply and they yeah. out they outproduce their value where you can really make gains in your leagues. And that adds see, these leagues where you have you need two catchers. I mean, you you can do worse if you, uh, than that, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, and, and, and for sure. It's Maldonado's job to lose. I'm I'm completely uh, on track with that, but um, he better doesn't sleep on on Castro. Agreed. Never sleep on Jason Castro. If you take away one thing from the show tonight, do not sleep on Jason <laughs> Castro. You're listening to Hey, it's Rico Plazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking with Carlos Marcano of Pitcher List. We're having a good time talking about some hot stove signings. That's it for hot stove. That's it for leading off. Email the show, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Now it is time for Enrico's Inquisition. Are you prepared for this, Carlos? Are you ready for what's about to be thrown at you? Not really, but come on, let's go. Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies, because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> That's right. Enrico's Inquisition is here to challenge you, Carlos. Oh, my. Are you afraid? I kind of, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no reason to be afraid. Let's have some fun here. Um, by the way, what's your favorite artist musically? Do you have My, a favorite? Yeah, uh, um, ACDC, Iron Maiden. I'm I'm a old school guy. <laughs> Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> well, now we're talking. Shit, I wish I knew that before. I'm, I love Iron Maiden. I came late to the party on Iron Maiden. It was in my early 30s that I started to yeah. appreciate them because I thought they were like just devil-worshipping dipshits, uh, people that I, <laughs> I yeah, was yeah. totally wrong about them. They were yeah. like thoughtful and creative people. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I was also late because, I mean, they've were they they've been singing like forever. <laughs> so, but uh, they're amazing. I, I just love them. Oh, yeah. Iron Maiden. Run to the hills. That's a good one. Let's get into it. Uh, Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? Oh, Kirk. Yeah. Oh, really? 
to that old school? You're an old school guy? Yeah. I mean, these guys are both old anyways. Yeah. They're, like, they're both in their 80s, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, to be honest. Stick with your convictions. I like that. Yeah. Um, Larry Walker or Bobby Abreu? Oh, come on. Don't do that to me. It's Abreu, but uh, Walker is amazing, too. Though. Okay, well, I did that on purpose so we could open the floor to you. Make your case for why Bobby Abreu should be a Hall of Famer right now. Okay, in a sentence, Bobby Abreu is the OBP machine that um, is n not named Barry Bonds. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, it, this is a guy that uh, in the most boring way could make you win. And, and that's the problem. Uh, he, he was really... Uh, you know, undervalued everywhere he played. Um, he could field, he could run, he could uh, well, he could bat. He he also had some power. He had more than 250 homers, something like that. And uh, he he could do it all. He could do it all in a time that. OBP and things like that were not still, you know, mainstream and everybody was looking for the homers from all these guys and 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 then it's really crazy that he only went to two all-star games when he was always on in, in the top guys get on war and on almost any offensive uh you know stat of of his days and uh, I'm happy that he is trending higher for this year's uh, voting. He's all, all 12 or, or 13 percent. Tomorrow we're we're going to have the you know who, who's getting in or not, which it looks like no one is getting in. <laughs> <laughs> but, this is why I ask. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but um, Abreu, Abreu. It's really criminal the way he's been underrated. Really, I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm Venezuelan and he's too. Because I could be making the case for Biscale, who is also Venezuelan, and he, he supposedly has a bigger chance of getting to the hole. I, 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 if I had a vote, I wouldn't vote for Biscale. You would? I, I wouldn't. Uh, but uh, Abreu, I mean, with my eyes closed, he. he is one of the most December these deserving guys in, in this year's ballot, and there's a couple of good guys there. So, Bobby Abreu, yeah. I remember him at the 2006 All Star. Was 2005? We had the All Star game in Detroit, and he was there. That was one of the All Star games that he went to, and he was in the home run derby that year. It was a lot of fun. He, he, yeah, he killed it. He, he he had like I don't know 100 home runs or something. Yeah, it was crazy. And OBP is just continuing to be more respected as time goes on, especially with the rise of analytics. So I think Bobby Bree will get in at some point because he was, as you said, the OBP machine. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, more and more people are going to realize how good he was. There, there is a, a, a stat that I find like, I don't know, so crazy. The You know, who the guys that have who are the guys that have a thousand run scores, a thousand RBIs, a thousand walks, 250 homers, 400 stolen bases, 500 doubles while batting no less than 290? 
Barry Bonds, Bobby Abreu. <laughs> that, that, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the list. That's the list. So wow. it's not only you know like um, analytical stuff that he because that's something I hear a lot. Oh, you have to to look too deep to find uh, you know a case for Abreu. No, there there's traditional stuff there too. Uh, he, he so. I think it's a matter of, of the, the way he, or the times he played that that didn't help too much uh, for him. He was not known for his home runs in a time that every everyone and their mothers were killing the balls, you know. So yeah, I, I'm I'm rooting for him really hard. <laughs> Beautiful, you know. That's the kind of passion we want on this show. That was a passionate effort to get Bobby Abreu into the Hall of Fame. And although it won't change the results when they go live, I think you just changed a lot of hearts. I do. Thank you, Carlos. I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Moving forward. Jared Allen or Julius Randle? Oh, that's a tough one. I love them both. Both. I, 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 I'm running just two fantasy leagues this year, uh, basketball leagues, and I have... Uh, Randall in one and Allen in the in the other one. So, so I, I I'd say Randall because he's the proven guy, kind of. But I, I think they are both amazing. Uh, they are. There's a lot of value in both of those players, and now that Jared Allen's in Cleveland too, he has a chance to shine even further. Yeah. Even though he would have been a great role player with the Nets, but Julius Randall's putting down stupid numbers right now. He's killing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm leading my league, so they're helping. Hey! <laughs> Woohoo! That's what I'm talking about. This guy knows everything. He knows baseball, he knows basketball. What don't you know? Oh my God, there's so much stuff. I'm so ignorant, but you know. <laughs> uh, I. I, I I'm not like those guys in Twitter that think that no, they know everything, or, or they have, they must have an opinion on everything. Uh, I, yeah. I always say uh, there's so much I don't know, and I, I don't, I don't care. I'm here to learn. Hell yes, that's what I'm talking about. You're my kind of guy. We're here to learn and grow and expand our knowledge base so that we can be better players and understand the game on a deeper, more meaningful level. What's wrong with that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Captain America or Iron Man? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's like the people's guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Captain America's the people's guy? I, I mean, Iron Man, it's more like the, you know, this is snob. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. And, uh, and my kid uh, prefers Cap too, so you know. Yeah, I like Cap. I, I think I agree with you. Iron Man's funny, but Cap is—he uh, can do it all. He's a good American and a good person beyond being an American. He's yeah. a good international human being for the planet Earth itself. Yeah. Maybe he should yeah. be Captain Earth. <laughs> well, maybe the next movie. I don't know. I don't know. He's already dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, um. No. Do you prefer over-the-ear headphones or earbuds? earbuds yeah oh really yeah I finally I, never stick they never stay in my ears I, I've I, I spent the whole year doing online classes I'm, I'm a teacher so I, I had you know oh really 
Yeah, I was part of this uh, beautiful experiment called online classes for the past year. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. And uh, I found that the earbuds were better for for what I was doing, but I could under understand if you don't like them. They, they I I used to be a teacher myself, by the way. Oh, cool. I taught high school social studies for five years. Oh my. Yeah, I'm not good at, at history or anything like that. So, <laughs> oh, what do you teach? Uh, coding and you know, IT. Oh, like STEM. Yeah, exactly. That's huge. That's like the future. That's the way of the future. That you yeah. are somebody who's giving kids the tools for the future. I hope so, or they can have a refund. <laughs> <laughs> There are refunds. That's good to know. <laughs> 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 no way. <laughs> you you get what you get. I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> um, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite baseball team? Then? Oh yeah, Oakland. Um, I'm a an athletics sufferer. <sighs> well, I mean, at least you were somewhat old enough to remember when they won the World Series in '89. Unfortunately, I, I'm old enough to 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 for that because that's when I got to. To be a fan, you know, and on those, I, I think I, I would have preferred to miss that, and uh, maybe I, I don't know. I will be rooting for some guys that actually want to win, but okay, here. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. I love my team, to be honest. But, but no, nope, uh, nope, yep, that's it. You can't change <laughs> your answer. It's been a long time. <laughs> well, hey, I'm a Tigers fan, and you've won more recently than a Tigers fan has. So we were 84, you're 89. We're kind of in the same ballpark now. Yeah. <laughs> and we beat you guys uh, in the 2006 ALCS. We swept yeah. you. Was cool. I, I knew you were going to get that. Today. Well, you know, Maglio's home run, that was pretty cool. You know, was, Frank Thomas was too old. He gave everything he could that season, but he ran out of gas. So. <laughs> no comment. Okay, very good. <laughs> you prefer rural life or urban life? City or country? Oh, my, that's a good question. I think urban life uh, but but I've learned to appreciate living on a greener place since I moved to, to Costa Rica which is so beautiful everywhere you go and um, I, when I was in Panama before coming here I, I left I lived in the city and it was you know Panama City has these crazy skyscrapers everywhere and and it's just you know buildings and stuff which i liked but after moving here i've been getting to appreciate uh the, the other side which is not rural but it's greener which i, I like I, i mean it's kind of a balance <laughs> <laughs> okay I, i i don't know if that was a clear answer but <laughs> there doesn't have to be a right answer doesn't yeah. matter in the end there's beautiful landscapes in the city And there's beautiful landscapes in the country, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, then finally, we always ask this one. Well, I, wait, two. Two that I always ask. Uh, curveballs or sliders? Oh, my. Well, sliders are the way to go. You've seen they, they've taken the, the, the pitching scenario. They're on the rise while fastballs are going down. But I've... I've really love to see a nice uh, 12-6 curveball, to be honest. And uh, I, I was doing some research on Herman Marquez. Mm -hmm. That's, wow. What, what, um, and I had the 
this you know time to watch a lot of him pitching and i i think curveball it's gonna be just because you know i really got to know better how how when you look at it from an analytical perspective and you start to see you know everything involved on what makes a good curveball besides uh, of it looking beautiful when you when you look at it but what makes it effective then you realize the curveball is an amazing pitch so i'll go curveball yeah i really love to see jose barrios keep throwing his curveball even more this year that's a curveball i love it's a good one and finally for love or money carlos ah for love <laughs> there it is you have survived enrico's inquisition congratulations carlos there are no prizes available for finishing this section of the show but we do commend you for being a good sport thank you carlos thanks to you man all right let's move into the fantasy breakdown we're going to talk about some a DP on the hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by rotofanatic.com. Check out the data monster. The data monster is available with historical data to compare, break down, and help you win your league this season. Check it out. We're part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network and we appreciate your time and energy. Check out the Turn Two Podcast hosted by Matt Williams. He's going to have some great guests on this week and in the future as we head into the regular season turn to Roto Fanatic podcast network and hey it's Enrico Palazzo fantasy baseball podcast we'll be there for you all right ADP time here we go ADP is Kyle Tucker top 30 should I pitch out with Mondesi Max Muncy should I wait on closers or track Ryan Presley there it is. ADP song for this week brought to you by no one. All right, Carlos, let's get into it. These are conundrums I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two names and you can choose one or give me a third option if you so desire. Okay, cool. Let's start with Josh Bell or Ryan Mountcastle, both being drafted fairly within each other as first baseman as well. What would you do here? Josh Bell. Definitely. Um, um, I think he has a lot of ground to grow as a as a batter this year. He's shown some, you know, aspects of the, of what he's a capable capable of doing. And uh, now, I, I I think it's it's his time. Uh, he's not going to have a, a lot of problem having playing time in, in with the Nets, and uh, he ha- he will have a better. A lineup in which he's gonna bat. I, I think everything is aligning for a, a good Josh Bell season. Finally, I, I, what a lot of people is expecting from him. Josh Bell is currently being drafted below Ryan Mountcastle when it comes to first base rankings. On, I, I am surprised by this. I like Ryan Mountcastle. I really like what he brings yeah. to the table. He's one forty four ADP right now, and Josh Bell is at one seventy six. I think in, in terms of re- return of investment, Bell could mm, provide a little bit more than... Let, let's put it out this way. If Mancastle and him put more or less the same numbers, you're going to get a better return of investment from, from Bell. Yeah, the minimum for Josh Bell is 118. That was the highest pick he's gone. And the highest for Ryan Mancastle was 108. 
So maybe people are starting to see them a little more closely, but those are the mins. Those are the highest people have gone for each player. And I just can't believe there's a 30, 30 pick gap on average between Bell and Mountcastle. I think you're making a mistake. And if you think Ryan Zimmerman's going to come in and ruin what Josh Bell is to offer, that's silly, no. right? No, definitely not. Yeah, I agree. Glad to hear that. That makes me feel more comfortable in my Josh Bell love. Thank you, Carlos. God, I feel good. <laughs> Let's try Joe Musgrove or Frankie Montas. Uh, You're Oakland Athletic. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm leaning Musgrove here. Uh, I mean, I love Frankie, and I wish that he does really good this year, but uh, Musgrove, I think he's proven that he's whenever he's healthy he's he's really good it's really yeah. good and and for this for this time i i would go musgrove in a, in a draft montas slipped in 2020 we covered this on the last show we did talking about musgrove because we talked about the trade to san diego musgrove is skyrocketing right now in adp people are really jumping on the musgrove bandwagon and yeah especially with the Sharps and the people who know what they're doing in this business, they're going even higher on Musgrove. And I think that's a smart play. Cause like you said, as long as he's healthy, give me Musgrove all day. He can give you innings pitched. He can strike out guys. He yeah. can limit hard contact and that's everything you want. And he'll, he's, if you're playing a wins league, he's going to get wins pitching for a loaded San Diego team. So, Exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about. That is what I mean. Gosh, I, I'm really excited about a lot of ex Pittsburgh Pirates, aren't I? <laughs> Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, uh, the beat goes on. But I will say this, Frankie Montas is working with Codify, and he's hoping to uh, bring things back into focus in 2021. So let's see how that works out, because when people try to go and work with these people who know analytics and they can help them work with their mechanics and see everything in the most minute details, sometimes you get positive results, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, yeah. And these guys at Codify are, well, I mean, it's like wizardry, something like it, it's It's really, really amazing what they do. So if, if there is someone that can fix Frankie, that, that's the Codify guys. Okay. Well, he does have some of the tools. Let's see if he can put it all together in 2021. Next scenario, outfielders, Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs, or Michael Brantley of the Toronto, just kidding, Houston Astros. Who would you rather have, Hap or Brantley? Uh, I'll go with the younger guy because of the ceiling, but if you want reliable, death taxes-like stuff, just go, <laughs> just go Brantley, and you, you cannot miss. But if you feel, you know, like going from shooting for the stars, Hap is the, is the, the choice. Again, I picked these two guys because they're not far apart ADP. 159 for Brantley. Hap is 160, so they're kind of in a dead heat right now. And Ian Hap showed us some of the promise we were waiting for last year by kind of getting back to basics in that small sample size, of course. Yeah. Michael Brantley, though, it doesn't matter if it's a small sample size or a large sample size. He's he'll just that. so darn reliable. The floor yeah. is so high. Yeah, yeah, he'll that. uh uh, I've been drafting Brantley, I don't know, every time I can for the past five, six, seven. I, I can't remember how long. As long so as, many Brantley uh, shares, you've lost yeah, your mind. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get hurt, he, he will produce. But now 
I think you can you can do a, you know like a mix and match if you play multiple leagues uh, and you have the as you said they are similarly valued in terms of ADP so it, you 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 can go wrong with any of them. Yeah, you might think Hap is the OBP guy, but Brantley hits for a high average and walks enough where the OBP kind of washes out too. So if it's a points league, I don't see Hap having that much of an advantage either because just with the walk situation, you know, he has a career double digit walk percentage, which is nice. And you would love to see the 13% from 2020 continue to rise for Hap, but he's never going to hit for the average that Brantley does. And if Brantley can give you kind of both of those in a, I think you would agree, Carlos. Yeah. Houston lineup is better than the Chicago Cubs lineup this season. Oh, like, uh, you know, from here to the moon better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Brantley has a, a eight or 9% walk rate to go with his, over 300 average, you know, it doesn't matter. OBP points league, yeah. it's a wash. Hap might might help with uh, if you have if, if your league has runs in their cats. There's where Hap might get an edge. But uh, at, at bats, at bats can be important. And, and if the season gets shrunk, whoever has the most at bats also gets an advantage. And if Hap is leading off, you're right. That's a smart call. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, there you know you can make a case for any of them. All right, one more. Now, I picked this guy because you wrote an article about him last year. Uh, Josh Lindblom. <laughs> Lindblom. When I say Lindblom, Lindblom. Sorry, Josh. Josh Lindblom or yeah. Robbie Ray. Robbie oh, Ray, man. the good old Robbie Ray. Never give up on that Robbie Ray stock. Oh, God, Robbie Ray. He <laughs> broke broke my heart in multiple ways. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if he's gonna mend that this year. To be honest, I don't, um, the, on the other hand, Josh Lindblom, he 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 can throw like ten different kind of pitches, and he he can strike people out. But uh, he just, I mean, it, it, whenever it looked like he was getting things together, he had a rough outing that you know make everything go south. Mm. I still think that he can have a good season. He's not the youngest dude around. He, but his expertise and his, he got a lot of uh, of good experience in, in the KBO, which I think was central in his resurgence. And um, I, I, I'm gonna go with Lindblom to be honest, because I don't know what's gonna happen to Robert Ray. I, I. I I wouldn't draft him because I just don't simply know. And here's the thing: when when pitchers are are having mechanical mechanics problems, like it looks like is the thing with Robbie Ray. I mean, maybe tomorrow he can find a way to fix it, and he doesn't have the jibs anymore, and he will be amazing. But it, it might take longer, and that's something that's really hard to to project. Or there there's no stat cap. The stat cast for that. So mechanical things are, are the worst in, in, when you have to evaluate a, a pitcher. He tried to change to his arm slot last year. He changed uh, the way he was uh, standing on demand. He changed a lot of stuff, and it, it was for the worst. So I don't know if he, he can make it on time to be – because he has the potential, but – I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't draft him. You know what's interesting? 
Lindblom had a double-digit K per nine last year. I know it was only 45 innings, but it was a 10.32, which surprises me because I don't see him yeah. as an elite K starting pitcher. And if, yeah. if he can translate that, continue to grow and build off that with all of the 10 pitches that you described, then you could replace Robbie Ray easily with Lindblom. Yeah, he, he's a deception uh, master, Lindblom, in terms of he doesn't have a, you know, overpowering heater, but he, as I said, he has like six good pitches. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. He, and he does sequencing really, really good. So that's the way he's getting those, those Ks. And if, if, it, I mean, I think he he was a little bit unlucky. I don't like to use that word because it sounds like you are not you are leaving things to you know to random stuff going around. But I think in this case, if he just gets a little bit more of luck this year, he he could do something. Beautiful. All right, there it is. That is our segment on ADP conundrums. All right, next up, I'm going to give you a couple of players, or you can bring players to the table in a segment that we are going to call, Carlos. This is a new segment, by the way, so bear with us. We don't know what's going to happen. It's called, I Won't Do That. you do when it comes to certain players or a certain pick because there's got to be a breaking point here or there you never know what people are thinking and i want to know what carlos is thinking when it comes to picks that you would not go with a certain player or people that you just say you know what i'm out on completely i won't even draft them barring them falling to like pick 500 so for the first one i have is a uh, pick three so you have the third overall pick in a roto league would you draft trey turner Oh, uh, I would rather draft Trevor Story, but uh, no. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's not where I expect you to go with this at all, but that's uh, – all right, sell me on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Turner is a stud. I know he's, he's really, really good, but uh, – if you're playing a five by five roto uh, league, uh, Story can get you some stolen bases too, and he has the pop and the RBI. So I would tr- because he's batting a, a different slot where he can get more RBIs and things like that. So uh, I, and he can get can still get the runs. So just think with that mindset, 
I would go story than 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 Turner. Wow, that is just shocking. I mean, you'd be bucking the trends big time. If you took Trevor Story third overall, that would blow people's minds. People would be talking about you for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Would. Well, it, it, it always depends. It always depends, to be honest. Uh, if I have such a high pick, my first option will be Juan Soto every day of the week, to be honest. But but if Well, you, you could say that. So you'd rather have Juan Soto than Trevor Story? Oh yeah, yeah. This, yeah, is, but I, this isn't shortstop based. This is could be any player you want. Well, any player. Okay. Well, no. In that case, I would go Soto. But, but no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the thing is that Soto won't give you as many stolen bases. It 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 always depends. Every league is different. Every league and and depends on the room. Well, it depends on how you would build a team, though. So that's why I'm asking you. You have a roto league. You do roto and redraft, so this would be your bread and butter. Yeah. And if you had the third pick, it would be Soto. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. definitely. That's a little more conventional. Although <laughs> I would have, it would have been cool to leave it with Trevor Story as the third overall pick. It would have given us headlines and clickbait. <laughs> We'd yeah. rather be honest. I'd rather be true to yourself. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. All right, let's let's try another one. So this is, let's say it's the 60th pick. Okay. And you haven't got a third baseman yet. Would you draft Yohan Mankata at the 60th pick? Ooh, 60th pick. That's more or less in the... For that price, who else could I get better than him? Maybe, well, Kevin Biggio is mm-hmm. third, third base eligible. Anthony Rendon, he doesn't go that that far. Anthony Rendon, right? He'd be uh, gone. Uh, Eugenio Suarez would be around probably. Eugenio. Yeah, I, I think I would. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Because yeah. Mankata is going way lower. You know, he's 86 ADP right now. 86. Yeah. So 60 would actually be the new minimum pick. Because currently the minimum on Mankata on NFBC is 62. That's the highest someone's gone on Mankata since the start of the new year. Wow. Well, maybe if Jeff McNeil was around it, I could go McNeil. But Moncada... You could wait and go on McNeil. Yeah, but but it wouldn't be crazy to get Moncada over there. What's the difference between Moncada and McNeil this year? Because if you really look at their stats and what they can provide on a full season, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if there's much of a gap between these two players. Yeah, they're get, they got closer. They got closer. I, I, I thought Mc, McNeil was going to be a lot better. I'm not saying he's bad because he, he provides good value, but I, but I think I think he has a, a bigger potential than what we've seen from him. But until then, I mean, their values, as you said, are, are similar. So uh, it wouldn't be crazy to go with Moncada. Well, McNeil is a he's a three nineteen career hitter, and only he only has had one full season. He's had two minimal seasons, but every time this guy hits for average, he's going to get yeah. you average in roto leagues. The only question is, will he steal bases? Last year he stole zero in fifty two games when he I stole seven and five the previous yeah. two years. Yeah, I think he he showed us that he's not running anymore. So that, that's my my concern with him. But he doesn't he doesn't strike out and he makes contact and he can get you OB in OBP leagues he's also relevant because even with the average he can get you a 380 plus OBP yeah. and Mankata Mankata had the goofy season with the BABIP in 2019 the historic BABIP we hadn't seen since World War II and then in 2020 he got covid so he may have been ill and it affected his season 
But sure. I'm just saying, Makata gets all the love and the hype because we're obsessed. We're all obsessed with the next great player. We all want to capitalize on that next great player. But what you get from Makata and McNeil might not be much difference. Yeah, definitely. And and that's why, yeah, it, it, in, in an OBP league, yeah, McNeil wins hands down. But uh, in a regular one, they're interchangeable. You know, it's, I think you you can you wouldn't go wrong with either is there any other players you would like to mention that you would just be avoiding that would surprise people even or not surprise people just hey i'm i'm going to be avoiding this yeah. player so i was pretty much on the tra- high train for dinelson lamet uh i love mm-hmm. the guy and uh, i think he's amazing but the this signing by by the padres got me really worried about him <laughs> his health i think i think there is something there that we are not that they are not telling us yet and uh so uh, and to be honest i never go with a don't draft list to my draft i'm always open uh, to whatever goes and uh, and depending on the situation but this time on lamed and this will make because <laughs> michael simeone on sp streamer you know yeah hates- sure I always make fun of his hatred of Lamed. Not his hatred, because but he's he's been really a, not touching Lamed even before this signing. And I I was always telling him, hey, come on, the guy is good. You have you just give him a chance. But now I, I I'm I'm in line with him because these recent signings just make me nervous around him, to be honest. Well, it should the Padres. <laughs> If they know something that we don't, which is this is the big bet right now that a lot of people are making on both sides. Lamet will be fine and I will cash in because he'll yeah. fall down to pick 150 or 200. Or I avoided him altogether and I was right. And this is like shorting. It's like uh, Wall Street. We're shorting yeah. Lamet right now. And yeah, definitely. It sucks to do that to a player. I, I feel bad for him. But oh, I, I want him to be good, to be honest, because. Of course. I, I, I mean, that slider is just the craziest pitching in baseball it's it's when i was looking at uh p balls and you know weight the uh, pitch value uh, it, the slider was like twice as good as the second uh, guy on that list and, and that's ridiculous uh but you have to be healthy to throw a good, a good slider so that, that, that's a big question mark so then with denelson lament in terms of how he stacks up in current drafts, would you rather have Charlie Morton? Oh, yeah. Would yeah. you rather have Patrick Corbin? Mm, that's interesting. Patrick Corbin is really underrated right now, to be honest. I think. Well, he, yeah, there's some concerns, though. You know, that velocity's dropped, and that maybe the outlier was his magical season that got him the deal with the Nats in the first place, or that, you know, that he capitalized on. I think I think Kirby's gonna it's gonna surprise us this year. He even with that drops and he, he's uh, he's and here's the th- the thing with this sprint season we just had. Uh, it's if, if there's anyone telling you that he's getting you know really good projections from just that 2020 from just uh, the, this the small sample. 
I, I mean, even he, he might be a magician or something because it, it's, really, <laughs> it's really tough. It's really tough. Baseball is really tough. Uh, usually having small samples make it tougher. And uh, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff this year because of that. And um, the other thing is the the way that teams are going to handle their their starting pitchers. We're not really sure about it. I, I've read that there are teams that are going to use six-man rotations or things mm -hmm. like that. So it's going to be a, a weird situation. Um, going back to Corbin, I think he he's going to show us better this year because those numbers in 2020 won't be, you know, like like the the final numbers that we we should uh, project this year on. I'll just try to get a gauge of where you'll decide to take Mehmet or not. If there's other players available as we hit the one fifties, the one sixties, the one seventies, which I've seen Lamette fall in. Cause I'm in a, I'm in an NFBC 50 right now with uh, Yancey Eaton. Hey Yancey. And I did the battle of the podcast season two draft with the heavy hitters and Lamette fell in that league as well. And Herman Marquez, um, Tyler Molly, Tristan McKenzie, these are good. Chris Bassett. Are these guys that you would take over Lament because of the injury concern? Mm, I, I would take Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's another hot name. Yeah. Yeah. What about David Price? Oh, th that's a, a good gamble. <laughs> uh, he was like, uh, I don't know which, which ADP, 180, I think, I think something like that. Yeah. 173 right now. Yeah. 173. I, I would I would take price, yeah, at 173 for sure, yeah, definitely. I well, mean, all, all that pedigree, you know, you you don't lose that uh, from one year to the other. So. All right, well, there it is. Those are a few players we looked at. What would you do? What's the breaking point? Are you in or out? I won't do that is what we just did there. So thank you, Carlos. This is the Hey, it's a Rico Blasso Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Blasso Podcast on Twitter. Blasso Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Now let's talk a little bit about your fantasy foundation. I want to ask you a couple questions because this is why we do this. We have guests on so we can learn from them and get their insights on their process as much as you can reveal you know, without selling the farm, of course. <laughs> okay. um, so I want you to tell people, you know, what is Q? Okay, so um, I was telling earlier that I loved things like dynamic hard hitting rate and uh, launch angle, st the standard deviation of launch angle. And uh, I love them because they're, they're, there's stuff there that can be predictive. And... Uh, for those that don't know, the dynamic hard hit rating is this amazing concept that Connor Kirkland from Six Man Rotation uh, came with. Uh, it's just a matter of re um, w when we have hard hit balls, we usually use hard hit, and that's only for balls hit that were hit harder than 95 miles per hour, and that's mm -hmm. it. That that is, that's the threshold, right? Um, any ball that was hit harder than 95 miles per hour falls into that category. Connor found that um, depending on the launch angle that the ball was batted, uh, this threshold should be moved. So for extremer angles, like minus 
90 or 90 on the other side, you could actually hit the ball uh, uh, lower than 95 miles per, per hour, and that still should count as a hard hit ball. That That's kind of the gist of it. So th that that means that you should rearrange the way that, uh, that you look at hard hit balls. And the standard deviation of the launch angle, that's something from Alex Chamberlain that you guys got the last week here. Yeah, and, and And it's that just means that it's like the way a batter repeats he, the way he he does his movement when when he bats and that means that the distribution of his of his launch angles are tighter that that's better because he's repeating the stuff uh, in in a better way you know and 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 if the the smaller the standard deviation of the launch angle the better so i i just you know took the the works of these great minds and put them together and uh, came with Q, which is just dividing the dynamic hard hit rating between um, the standard deviation of the launch angle, because you want a higher DHH and you want a lo uh, lower standard deviation of the launch angle. And I got some interesting stuff. Um, things like uh, you, we should all be more than ever into Matt Olson, for example. Uh-oh. <laughs> because the guy is incrementing the, uh, his cue because he's batting hard but he he's also uh having a better uh standard deviation of the launch angle and uh that 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 there's a, a couple more of uh, guys there that should well everybody is high on t oscar and q also agrees with that uh, and there there are other guys like well of course the usual suspects, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, they they all have they they all do well here. Yeah, but, but how does Q relate to T Oscar's whiff rate, though? You know, that's that's a problem. Yeah, that that's true, and, and also in 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 some respect, also too, he has a disastrous uh, season in terms of Ks <laughs> this this season. But uh, I doing some research, I found that. We go all back to the small sample stuff. Uh, Olson starts every season whiffing a lot, and after the season starts to, you know, go, he mm -hmm. starts settling, and and his K rates go into a, a normal for him uh, uh, rate. So, T. Oscar, I think I think he will upset this with the, the way he. He is when he is able to connect. He he goes well with it. There is a lot a, a lot of good stuff for him going on. Not just for DHA and standard deviation. He his line drive fly ball profile is is good, and I think we're gonna get a huge season for the Oscar too. To be honest. So what's a good Q number then? If like you're looking at the leaderboard, you want a lower or a higher number? Higher number, uh, higher than 0 0.8. 0 0.8, okay. Yeah. And um, I, you can look, by the way, you can go to pitcherlist.com and check out Carlos's article introducing Q and the case for a 2021 Matt Olson breakout, correct? Yes, definitely. I, I'm planning on, on having a leaderboard for it sometime soon, so you guys might want to check it out. 
check it out. I'll, I'll okay. Uh, I, because, I mean, you can get all this info like DHA and DHH and uh, standard deviation of, of the launch angle from Chamberlain's leaderboard, which is amazing. If we, I, I, I know that everybody knows about it, but in case you don't, just go and, and look at it because it, it has everything you might need. Um, but yeah, I, I'm planning on, on putting a, a small little leaderboard for Q soon. I, I, I hope so soon. Yeah. We will look forward to that. Thank you, Carlos. That is interesting. I, I'm going to dive more into Q on my own time because I want to get an understanding. I hope that makes sense to the audience. We're trying to help our listeners understand people's fantasy perspectives and how they come to these conclusions. And I think that's pretty cool. Why do you do what you do now? Why, why the sudden decision to get involved in the fantasy baseball analysis game? I mean, you could just play the game. You don't have to talk about it or analyze it or write about it. Yeah. Well, I've been playing fantasy for, I don't know, I can't even remember how long, but, and I always wanted to write about it. I just never had, like, the, let's, I, I don't know. I don't know what, there was so much going on in my, on my life that, in my life that I, I, I wasn't, you know, sure that I could commit to it because that's, that's the thing. When you start doing this, you have to commit. Um, you have to educate yourself every day because there's so much stuff going on that Competitive, yeah. you, you have to be reading a lot and watching videos and and i i wasn't ready to commit and i was lucky enough that last year there, there was this mentoring program that alex fast and and, and nick pollock had and uh, i got you know so lucky to be um they put me in contact with Jason Collette and yeah. uh, he's an awesome dude. And he, his, he, he gave me a lot of advice, but one of the best was just start writing, just sit down and, and go for it. Start doing this stuff and, uh, and uh, you, you, you will find the results if, if you commit to it. And that's what I did. I opened a, a blog and I started putting, my stuff out and things got you know like they, they got in place <laughs> do you remember your first fantasy league in venezuela oh my god that was like 20 years ago something like that and yeah, yeah me too yeah <laughs> uh, uh i think the the uh, the other day i was looking at the historical yahoo leagues and i was it was really funny to look at the way uh I used to play that, uh, but I think I, we all do that, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. No, don't be hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's always fun. I mean, I love. We all do, right? And, and, sure. And uh, I, I use when the year starts. I always say that, okay, Carlos, let's commit to this number of leagues. No more than that. Please don't do that to you again. And I always <laughs> end up doubling <laughs> that number. And well, I enjoy it. <laughs> By the way, based on how much I respect you, I drafted Matt Olson during this podcast in NFBC 50 myself. No so way. there it is. I put, really? I put my faith in you, Carlos. Okay. He's my number one first baseman. I think it was pick uh, like 100-ish. Yeah. 100? Oh, my God, Matt. You better don't let me down, man. I, I don't want <laughs> Michael down. 
Uh, well, nah. actually, 100 is good because he was going like 85 or something. So you got to Yeah. Time. It was a good time to, I mean, there's first base depth, but it's not as deep as you think. It can fall off just like third base can fall off real fast too. I agree with you. So I figure why not? Let's go in. But first, I believe in you and I don't want to just talk the talk. I'm going to walk the walk. Oh, so man. I want you to know that I appreciate it. And uh, I put my money because I did pay money for this league. So my oh. money is truly where your mouth is. <laughs> You're the man. Um, how about this? Is there one thing that you do when you first sit down for a new season of draft prep? Like the first thing that you do? The first thing is uh, I, I've been writing a lot about uh, hitters, but I've always considered myself a pitcher's guy. So the first thing I, I do is I look for uh, the pitchers that got more than certain amount of, of, pitches, of pitches from last year. And I start digging in, into that that batch of pitchers first because uh, pitchers are always a, a place where you can find unexpected value. But there are certain certain cornerstones that you have to grab and 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 hold on, like if your life depended on them. And then <laughs> then you can go with the waiver wire. You will always find mules for for pitching but uh, i i think if you you anchor those those i don't know i i don't like to say uh, i'm a pocket aces uh, fan but i think oh boy you, you shout can, out to toby from batflip crazy yeah yeah that, that, but but there's because i i don't usually draft pitchers really high, uh, early early but i try to go for my cornerstone on and I am very, very, uh, you know, practical in that. The, the that I I set my mind. I need these two guys, and because those those are the anchors, and I go for them. They don't necessarily fall in the uh, into the early stages of the draft, but I go for them whenever I can. That's so interesting to learn what everybody does when they first sit down for fantasy draft prep. And we've been having guests on since the beginning of the year, and we're really starting to compile an interesting list of how everybody works when the new season dawns. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, let's see, real quickly, is there a couple of statistical tools that you prefer when you're diving into your draft prep, like like three of them that are really most important to you all over any other, you know, like RBI or something like that? Like stats, yeah. Um, for pitchers, I rely on the old uh, reliable uh, K percentage minus walks percentage. I think classic. Yeah, that that that's like you know where you place your your floor and you start building everything from there. Um, there are th other stuff like well CS CSW. Mm. It's something really, really cool. It's so simple, but so um, it, it provides a lot of information. So I, I really like it too. Um, of course, for batters, DHH percentage. It's I think it's it's amazing. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I think those are like you know main main things. Ah, you you could. For pitching, there is also PCRA, which is uh, an 
ERA, ERA estimator, which is really, really cool too. It, it It's more predictive than XFIB or Sierra or some other ERA estimator. So Really? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really cool PCRA. It's a bold statement. It it's it's also well, this guy's amazing. Connor Corkin, he's a he's a bright man. You haven't it's, mentioned his name before. Who's this? Connor Corkin. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a you got uh, he's on his way. He'll probably end up working for a, a team sooner or later. I hope so. He deserves it, to be honest. Um. How about uh, your favorite league is Roto Redraft? You prefer to do that, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And do you use ADP as a ultimate guide when you're drafting? Or is it just kind of like, well, I know what it is, but I'm not going to go by the book. Do you throw out the book when you start drafting? Uh, I usually go with a plan and adapt while it goes because it never goes the way you want. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm not restrained for ADPs. If if I think uh, I I have this pool of players that I believe are the guys that will provide the best return of investment, and I, I think uh, I wouldn't mind going uh, what others would call reaching or, or for a guy that that I think I need for my team in that moment, uh, I, I would do it. I, I'm not restrained by ADP, not at all. Interesting. And then I feel like ADP is a baseline, but then you have to just dive in. When a draft board starts flowing, it could flow a certain way, and ADP might not matter. You can have an understanding of how others will draft based off of ADP, but you really don't know. And if you're in a draft like I was, I know I've brought this up before, but the Battle of the Podcast Season 2, man, woo those guys are, they, they made ADP completely pointless. You know, Framber Valdez was taking like pick 60 by uh, Simeone and he loves Framber Valdez. And that was definitely the highest he's ever been taken on an NFBC draft so far. So things like that will just screw you up. And then ADP really serves no purpose anymore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. What, what, what draft was that? Sorry. Uh, that was the NFBC uh, battle of the podcast season okay. two brought to you by Zach from uh, Draft Champagne on Twitter. Zach Waxman of Draft Champions Podcast. Now I got to, yeah. I think you've mentioned it before. Yeah, we were posting the boards. (laughs) And there's also, by the way, uh, you can check out recaps from Zach. He's doing them with the participants. If you want to hear everyone's opinions and ripping other people's picks from the Battle of the Pod Season 2 draft, go check out Draft Champions Podcast. Make sure you check all of them out. I will probably be on one of those episodes in the coming week or so. That's cool. Lastly, what about rankings? Do you rank players or do you find that rankings are exhausting and it just becomes minute details after a while that really don't matter all that much between the 110th player and the 113th player? It's exhausting, but I think you have to do it for if you want to prepare nicely for your draft. At least you should have tiers, you know? And and uh, you don't have to be very specific. Uh, this guy goes first, but at, at least you have you need levels where okay. So in this first level, if you go for one of these guys, it's kind of the same. And second level will would be like that. You, you I wouldn't go uh, uh, to be you know too much as specific, but at least I, I would rank by levels. And that's that's what I usually do. 
everybody's ranking. Not all of us love doing it, but it is a necessary evil of the yeah. fantasy baseball analysis world. Mm-hmm. All right. Well done. That's great insight into your fantasy process and how you view everything. Uh, there's so many more questions I could ask, but I'm just not going to ask every single one of them because we could be here for hours. But that'll leave us something to talk about next time you come back, too. This is the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Now it's time for a segment that we brought back just last week when we did it with Jenna Scurio, which is an episode you can go back and listen to, by the way. She's a White Sox expert, I would say, with some relative clarity and certainty. Check out that episode and get her thoughts on projections for White Sox hitters in 2021. This is Shine or Ride the Pine. So it's simple, Carlos. I give you a projection and you say, Shine, it's going over or Ride the Pine, it's under. Okay? Okay. Cool. Great. Let's start with this one. Trey Turner, 32 steals. Uh, Ride the Pine. Oh, under. By the way, these projections today come from... Ariel Cohen of ATC Projections. So everyone we give you today are directly from his system, and he will also be on the show early next month. So stay tuned for that. But I find that fascinating. 32 steals for Trey Turner seems very doable, but you say under. I like it. I I respect your courage. Yeah, I think it should be around 25. Mark my words. All right. See, this is why we do this. I'd love to find out. Everybody has different opinions. Projections can be conservative, but I think Ariel does a pretty good job of trying to be real about it. How about this one? Mike Trout, 44 home runs. Mm, shine. Ooh, wow. Maybe a 50 home run season from Trout this year? Um, I, I I would say, yeah, mid, mid-parties it would, would be, you know, his sweet spot. Yeah, okay. See, this is... Wow, that's really fascinating. Interesting. Trout is on on steady, uh, hard hit, and he's decreasing his uh, the variance of his launch angle. He's aligning for a season of you know of the ages. <laughs> Whoa, he's in his prime, so he's due for sure. We would all, I would love to see Mike Trout just shoving in everybody's face. Double digit steals, hit forty five home runs, you know, four fifty OBP, something crazy like that. How about this? Juan Soto, 425 OBP. You going over or ride the pine? Wow, 425. I'm going to say shine because I love the guy too much. (laughs) So I'm rooting for him. But 425 is, uh, I mean, that's something. But yeah, shine. Hey, I like it too. Soto is OBP machine, kind of like your... Uh, who were we talking about earlier? Oh, uh, Bobby Brew. <laughs> All right. Now, this is where things get really interesting. Innings pitched. Oh, my. Yeah, this will be. This is just bonkers. But give me this. Garrett Cole, 195 IP this season. Well, that's interesting, by the way, because of the way the Yankees are, are, are what, what they are doing to their having Peter roster now so I say I'd say right the pine I don't think he'll, he'll be able to get 250 innings a lot has to go right and everything has to be perfect for 195 these days even from the best pitchers and the most hardcore of workhorses right yeah yeah that's it's gonna be tough 180 I think what about Kenta Maeda 170 innings pitched 
Mm, I wish he does that because he's freaking amazing. Um, I'll say ride the pine. Oh, okay. You're yeah. a wise man because we are recording this and we will play this back later in the year. And you, <laughs> they're the proof of being the pudding. I know it's early, but you know this is a fun part of the show. I think this is curious. Joe Musgrove, 172 innings pitched. That's a long shot because Musgrove. I'll, I'll say ride the pine. Yeah, I think I would absolutely agree with that. That is such a... I mean, we would love to see Joe Musgrove throw 172 innings, but it just seems like it's not in the cards. It would be it would be amazing if he gave us 140, in my opinion. Yeah, I hope he goes all the way to one um, because it, that means he's going to have a great season. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's too hard. Kevon Biggio. 98 walks. Hmm... I'd say ride the pine too. That's that would be. He was fourth, by the way, in Ariel's projections. It's Soto, Harper, Trout, and Biggio is fourth with ninety-eight walks. Only three guys with triple-digit walks projections so far. How about hits here? Hits is an interesting thing because hits are going away. Hits aren't cool anymore. But one guy who gets a lot of hits is DJ LeMahieu. One hundred and seventy-five hits. I'll say shine. Yeah, everything is aligning for for him, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think if there's one guy that that can do it, it it's it's Lamahi. definitely, no doubt about it. Kyle Tucker, twenty steals, shine. Mm. Yeah. I if like he gets it. a hit in the top part of that lineup, I, I think yeah. it'll be a free for all. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think I think he might get even to thirty, to be honest. Here's a more mysterious one that I think is cause for concern. Andre Jimenez, now of the Cleveland squad, formerly of the Mets, 25 steals. I'm going to say ride the pine, but I think Jimenez is one of the guys that could be a hell of a player in the following years. He, is, he has the tools, he has the, 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 all the potential to be a really, really fine baseball player. And he's going to have more playing time now. So uh, I think he, not maybe not this year, but he's he's putting together something something really good. Yeah, that'll be really peculiar. I think they, there's a lot of talk now, especially by uh, Dave McDonald, who's our Cleveland. Dave McDonald and Jay Kaluska are our Cleveland experts on this show now. And they are hearing that Jimenez will be held down for a while in the minors to get some more seasoning. And that would really prevent him from having a massive stolen base number like that. Yeah. Uh, a couple more here. Let's talk about relievers. How about Josh Hader? A lot of There's always trade talk with Hader, and now Devin Williams is rising up, and Freddie Peralta's in the mix, too. Josh Hader, 32 saves. No, not going to make I don't think. I think it's, at some point in next year, he's not going to be the closer. That was a very quick response. I, a lot of clarity from you on that one. Yeah. And then finally... Ryan Presley of the Houston Astros, 30 saves. Uh, it, it's doable because of the lack of other options. But, but uh, I, I, yeah, I think shine. Hey, I'd love to hear that. I drafted Presley in <laughs> Battle of the Pods draft, hoping that he'll be the closer and stay the closer. So Brad Hansi with the Nats, which was a bummer for Daniel Hudson, but still good news for Houston and Ryan Presley. There it is. Shine around the pine. All right. 
Carlos, I guarantee you when the season ends, I will send all your projections to you and you can find out how you did. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's good. (laughs) If you won't want to know, I don't know. (laughs) Now it's time for some tweets and emails real quick for Carlos. And then we're going to end the show. Carlos, we have a question about Ramon Laureano. Now you love Matt Olson, but Ramon Laureano is a guy who, you know, I really like, and I feel like last year was just a bad season for him because he got caught up in that scuffle and it screwed up his year. But Art at Art underscore T underscore Z, Art from his the AAA Play podcast. You should know him, yeah. right? Yeah. He wants to know, uh, what do you think about Laureano? I love Laureano. Uh, I mean, only for the, the those throws and that that arm. I mean, he's he's like. He has a bazooka for an arm, and uh, he's. Uh, I, I think I saw the uh, one of these days that he was one of the top ten central fielders from M- MLB Network. I think he was seventh, actually. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a little high because they they placed him um, higher than Starling Mar Marti, for example. Oh wow! But yeah. they factor in defense though too. So. Yeah. So, but. Uh, I like him, but I know, and I'm rooting for him because being being an Oakland fan, I, I want him to do the best he can. But I think you have better options if, uh, than than him when drafting. So let me see. He was like, let, let's look, let me look really quick. He was 183, no, 138. It's kind of. Uh, so I, I think that's a little. I high. love that. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I think if you look at it, you could get you could find Moncastle, and he is eligible for outfield after Loriano. Who would you rather pick between Loriano and Moncastle? Loriano. Yeah, really. Yeah, especially that's- if it's Roto. I believe you know I can get steals from him. I can get the whole package. I really believe that. And I'm dismissing 2020 entirely. I am doing that. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm not quite sure to be honest, Mike. <laughs> I, I hope I hope he's he's good. he's good. Well, we can't predict the future, Carlos. We can only we can only do the best we have with the information yeah. before us. So I know that Ramon Laureano was really much higher in ADP coming into 2020 drafts. I mean, he was going in the 60s and 70s, and now he drops down to the 130s. I'm happy with that. I'll take the discount all day because that's how you win. Players get discounted. They get dismissed for a certain reason. That might not be a legitimate reason. Sometimes there are legitimate reasons, but this is not one of them in my opinion. So I think the whole skill set's still there, and he's still growing as a player. Give me Roriano all day long. Um, Rich emails, and he says, how do you factor in the innings limits impact from 2020 into 21, 2021 season yeah. for pitchers that threw less innings prior to 2020? So, so kind of how Does that makes sense. That's a weird. <laughs> well, it, it's like uh, how, yeah, I, I kind of think he, I know what he means. Uh, what I'm doing is to, Put together 2019 and 2020 kind of and putting together those like it was a single season and that, that i get a, a, a larger sample that way uh that's kind of tricky because it could get you in some trouble if the pitchers did some changes during 2020 and you're not gonna factor them with the with the right weight 
that 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 you should. So it's kind of you how you have to go case by case at the end, you know. Um, but um, that, that's you know like a general thing. Some guys are doing a calendar year uh, in, in, instead of putting together the the two seasons. That it's it, as I said earlier. We are in the, on the land of the unknown for for this year. So any one's idea could be the right idea, and we we just still don't know. To be honest. I agree with you. I understand. I think it's smart to try to pack it in as one complete season and not let it stand on its own either. That is important. Yeah. I, I'm with you all the way on that, Carlos. Uh, thanks for emailing the show there, Rich, and thank you to everybody who tweets in and makes an effort on the show. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure having Carlos Marcano on the show. We talked about fantasy baseball. We talked about life. We talked about our dreams and what we hold for the future. Well, I don't know if we did that, but you know, hopefully Bobby Abreu gets in the hall of fame someday, just because I like you. And I think I would like to see you happy and have a celebration on Twitter for one fine day. And it's still in the cards. It's still in the cards. So Uh, let's go out with you saying, where people can find you and what they can look forward from you in maybe the coming month or so as we gear up here for a new season. Sure, sure. Oh, you can find me uh, uh, on Twitter at, at CA Marcano. I'm usually doing some rambling there and, you know, trying to, to <laughs> learn and, and, and if I can provide any any help that, that I can uh, I'm more than happy. Uh, I'm also writing for Picture List and Prospects 365 and Six Man Rotation. So um, I, I'm, I want you know to help and learn as much as possible. And thanks, Michael, for having me. I, I really, really, really loved doing this. And whatever I can do for you guys, I'm, I'm there. Let's support Carlos. Please follow him, Carlos Marcano, at C.I. Marcano on Twitter. Let's read his material. Let's listen to him because he's not going to tell you that he knows everything universally. He's going to give you his opinion and based on the data that he has in front of him. And he takes in a lot of information from a lot of different people that are well-respected and puts it all together. I like that kind of person. You're humble. You're reasonable. You got a good sense of humor. You got everything going for you that you need to. The only question is... Will you conquer the world before you die? I don't know. I mean, that's a tall order for any man or woman. So, I mean, I, I would be happy for Matt Olson to have a good year so you can win your your <laughs> league. You know, that that, that hey. would make me have that, That's the thing that would make me happier this year. I'm going to be giving you Matt Olson updates on all season long. I, well, okay, I'm in fourth place right now. Matt Olson's doing good, or Matt Olson's killing me. No, I uh. I made the pick myself. In the end, we are all responsible for our own selections. We can only do best with what we have. (laughs) Thank you, Carlos. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure Chris would say the same if he was here. And uh, we will catch you guys next time on our next episode. Godspeed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, 
always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.